Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. That's right. It's time for the Weekly Scramble. My name is Chris Reavers, and by my side, his name is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores, and he's found Joe Souchere's button bar. I'm so excited I could just... Okay, so let me ask you a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We've been doing the show in this format, mm-hmm. in this studio, for what, two years now? A little more than that, yeah, I think so. And you just now have discovered well, the button bar? Every day, just a little behind the wall here, I sit where Joe sits, right? Right. So I try not to touch anything, because I think if I were to touch it, I could either destroy Joe's spirit. It's like taking a picture of a Native American. You're not supposed to do it, right? So I don't want to touch his burial ground it's here. It's funny you say that because he has, he always notices, It's and it's usually on Monday because there's so many different shows that come in People during come the weekend. In, yes. And that's when he really complains because everything's out of whack or whatever. But Wednesday, after we do the show on yep. Tuesday, he never says anything. Well, because I use a different chair than him. So I, then I scoot my chair out of the way, so his chair is right back. But he always leaves the button bars open. And the button bar, it looks like a sheet with 100 different little icons on it. Right. And some of them say clap, and some of them say fart, and some of them say foghorn. It's a it's a pretty good little and thing. And if you look at that, wall, it's called a wall page, but the, the smaller page. buttons on there right now, because the yep. button bars are the, the ones that have the big clown buttons okay, on Okay, yeah, there. these are the wall page, the small ones. And so when you see that, you'll notice on there that some of them that are right next to each other might be the exact same one. Ooh. And the reason for that is your guy that normally sits yeah, in that yeah. chair, he, he'll click on it, but then he'll dra- he'll accidentally drag and drop it over to the next one okay. because he does not know how to use that thing. Well, there definitely is like the, the, <laughs> the writing is in yellow, yeah. and then the box is also in yellow. So right. I don't know if he can see half of these. No. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, how can you anybody read this? So, because it's yellow font on a yellow on a yellow box to the point where he'll say, "Hey, where's that?" And I'll just say, "Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll put it over there for you." Yeah, you did that the other day on the show. In fact. I did. He was the, looking uh, for something, and you were like, "I got that, Joe. I the, got you." The best though is when we're at the fair, and that's the only time for an extended period okay, where he, he doesn't you. have any of that at his disposal. All right. Yeah. Which is always a which Okay, is always so the, a good time. the show during the fair is just more about the jocular moments with the crowd. Correct. There's no just fart buttons or Ray Charles or 
uh, Foghorns. I'm Correct. just reading some of these. Fanfare. Right. I, I really love that. I love the low, medium, and upclap buttons. Oh, you got to have tempo yes. when you're playing. <laughs> In fact, to the point where I believe the State Fair has its... I'm trying to find it here. I think the State Fair has its own... Page, I believe. No, that's that's somebody else's state fair page. In any event, there's yeah, a one called Hardware. What do you think that is? Uh, I think it's where we rip you. Is that true? No, I'm kidding. Can I play it? Why would we rip you? I don't know. Hardware stores. Can I play it? Sure, go ahead. But I don't. Here's care. a man who spends hours in hardware stores. Oh, oh sifting okay. through the nuts, the sifting through the nuts. Of life. Okay, I'm Joe surprised Suchere. that one doesn't say sifting through the nuts and bolts of life at Fratelloni's hardware stores, right? Oh, it <laughs> like, should. Like, we gotta, we gotta get that paid for. I don't know. Right. It, it probably should. You're right. Okay. Well, I love all these. You'll probably hear more of these. You know, we are coming up, and I'm gonna talk about this, and I really want someone to do something about it. It's not gonna be me, and it's probably not gonna be you, but in June, we hit our 10th anniversary, and I think we have to do something Holy for that. Crap. At least we have to have the guys back from Bent Distillery and Elevated, uh, Elevated Beer, Wines, and Spears. Maybe Joe Alton. You right? sure it's June? Uh, it might be July, but it's June or July. Yeah, hold on. Let me well, tell here's you. here's why I think it, it might it's be July. July. I think it is July. And, and right. the only reason I know that, and I think I've mentioned it on this show before, but I remember when we started the show, it was after Tom Pellicero had left fifteen, what was fifteen hundred ESPN to go write for the US to cover the NFL for the USA Today. And the only reason I remember it was July is because his going away party was Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> And the only reason I remember that was because Tom's going away party was a good time. Was it a good time? So and I it was Fourth it, of July weekend. The very first time we posted an episode on our feed, right? This we were on uh, fifteen hundred, and we yep. posted an episode yep. was June twenty seventh, twenty thirteen, and wow. that's three thousand five hundred forty days ago. Or if you want to get a little more specific, nine years, eight months, and eight days ago. Okay, two thousand thirteen. So I think we have to on right on or about. July 27th. I'm making a note. Bring some friends in here. You know, I think we should get Joe Alton too, yeah. right? Because he was here at Although, the. I don't think Joe's still in town. I think he moved. Yeah, doesn't he own some uh, bar here? Maybe, I, I, maybe he did. Maybe I he ran didn't. into Joe at the. Was it the fair? It was, it was either the fair or at some type of bigger event. And he and I hung out for about an hour. One of the greatest guys ever. Yes. And I, I vaguely remember him telling me he was going to move. Or there was some something he was transitioning to, to to something with with whatever he's involved with now, and I'm trying to remember how long ago that was. What I really think is funny about Joe is the first episode of the beer show. Right, mm-hmm. I'm a guest on that show, mm-hmm. so it's you and Joe are the hosts. Yep. You're the host. Yep. Uh, Joe is your sidekick. He's what I am now. Yep. And. I remember watching him thinking, oh, my God, thank God we have him because he knows everything about beer. Every, everything. I mean, not just a little bit about no, beer. Everything. He knew everything about yes. beer. And I said, we are set to go. And, I again, I was just a guest. And then a couple of weeks later, after I had guest, ho, guest been on for a appeared, couple of weeks, guest appeared, guest appeared um, Joe finds out that the people he works for and works with said, hey, this is kind of a conflict of interest. You can't do this anymore. <laughs> so he had to come off the show. And what do the smart people at 1500 ESPN do at that time? They say, let's take Fratelloni, who barely even drinks beer. Let's see if he can be the co-host with Reverse. And I and and the precipitous drop off of beer knowledge from Joe Alton to me to Frat was like, I'm like, I've had a beer, and Joe's like, well, what kind of beer have you had? A yellow one, you know, amber maybe. And I mean, it was just, it was really fun. Luckily, we had the guys from Elevated who came in and and filled the breach. You know, they they covered for Joe. But why I thought. You would fill it. Can I tell you? I don't know if I've ever told you this. Why I thought you would be the perfect person 
to pair with on that show. Do you want to know why? Sure. Because I had said Mike is the kind of guy that it doesn't really matter what topic you throw Mike's way. He's going to find a way or or has a, a basic general working knowledge of just about anything. That's so sweet of you. No, but I meant it, yeah. and I still do today. I, I always say when Mike and I do quote-unquote show prep, yeah. it doesn't matter what yeah. I've prepared because Mike's going to be able to find a way to have a conversation yeah, so about a mile it. mile-wide, inch deep. Yes. Mile-wide, inch deep. I got a little bit of everything. And, I, and, I've, and I've long said this about you know radio because I, I will get, and it was always, well, a lot, a lot on GL because GL has such a big audience, but a lot on either this show or when we used to do the beer show. A lot of people would say, well, come on, Reavers, don't you know that? Well, off, I hate, I, and I would tell people, mm-hmm. oftentimes, when, and especially when you have a guest on, yeah, when you ask a question to that guest, you know the answer sure. to it. What you're looking for is for that guest to go into either further explanation of that given topic mm-hmm. or because the audiences might be, th- the audience listening is thinking, well, I want to know about X, Y, and Z. From the expert. Well, they don't, they don't want to hear that answer from me. They want to hear it from the guest that's on I the show. I think it's even harder when the guest isn't very good because then you want to give them a softball question and then they say, you know, like, um, where did an amber beer, wh- when did that originate? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. 18, You know, it's 12. like, yeah, 18, 12. You're like, Thank you. Uh, and then, yeah, but we've had, we've been blessed to have fantastic guests. I think we need to get back into the guest business. I do too. I think we need to get back in. We, we have I to, blame myself for the fall off in that. I, I blame you too. So that's all right. <laughs> and so what we need to do is, and this is a behind the scenes show prep for future shows. I think we need to have a giveaway for our 10th anniversary. What are you thinking? I don't know. I think maybe a grill from Fratelloni's. I'm down. Right. They have those new Weber flat top grills. Everybody's into those now. Is that the one that the 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 uh, bigger name made kind of famous? Yeah, the Blackstone made okay, famous. No, but you we know what Weber does is like someone else will make something. And they're like, uh, yeah, we didn't believe in your idea for ten years, but now we're going to go ahead and make one. It's going to be five times better than yours. And it's like, oh, so Weber came out with their new one this year, and it's gorgeous. I because mean, they really I know, did a great job. so there, uh, I know someone that made that purchase of that other one. Yeah, the Blackstone. You can say, but we carry Blackstones. We sell a Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, yeah. We, it's a great grill, but Weber will take half of it, its okay. sales. I, and I, I'm glad you brought this up, because I need further further explanation mm-hmm. from yeah, someone in addition that knows. To, yep. So, what is its appeal, other than you turn it on, it's ready to go. I mean, you turn it on, ready to go. You can do bacon, you know, all that stuff that you do inside and make your house stink. You can do it all outside, uh, right? And, and, you know, I barely grill. I barely grill. And my kid's school was having a, a charity drive, and I'm like, oh, there's a Blackstone. I'll just buy it. So instead of buying it for myself, I bought it as a charity thing. Put it together, and then I used it seven times last summer, right? Used my Weber zero times. Really? So because it's so easy, you just, you can do anything on it. You can do pancakes in the morning. So we'd, you know, pull it out and do pancakes and bacon and, and but all it doesn't, that stuff. Does it not? Okay. But, but then let me ask a dumb yeah. question. Doesn't it not then have the grill? Like you don't get grill marks. No, you don't get grill marks. You don't we get don't. The, the smoky flavor. That- yeah. But um, if you're doing pancakes and eggs and bacon, it's, it's something you would never do breakfast on your Weber. Well, this you can absolutely oh, do. You feel point. like a short order cook. That's a good point. Right? You don't remember Mickey's Diner? When of you, course. Yeah, when you watch those guys do the work at Mickey's, you feel like, I could maybe work at Mickey's. See, because when I, when I first saw those hit the market, and obviously, didn't they have like $85 trillion in sales last year? Yeah, they're, they're very, very popular. Blackstone's a very and a great grill, by the way. When I, and when I saw those first come to market, whenever it was, two or three mm-hmm. years ago, I immediately thought of, well, they're just, this is a perfect camping uh, to take a camping. Smaller one, yep. You know what I mean? Because... Yep. 
it, you can fire it up right away. Uh, you don't have to. It, it it's it stores nicely. Yeah, that's what I thought that they were initially going to market. Yeah, that but to. then they made the big ones that have deep fryers built into them. I mean, there's some really Wait, cool. Well, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it has. It's a flat top grill with two two or three different air fryers in them, so you can air fry things. I mean, the world is going to blow your mind when you look at these things. Oh, and they get to be like a couple thousand bucks instead of just two hundred ninety nine dollars. They so get really up. Hold there. up a minute. Yeah, check this out. <laughs> check this out. You Say, mean what? to tell me yeah. that I can get. This is the Weber one's going to have no, the air th- No, this one is happening. Blackstone. Blackstone has all of these features on it. Huh. Yeah, it's a little crazy. They they go real deep, real expensive, real cool. And Traeger's coming out with a flat top. And everyone's coming out with a flat top girl. And we're going to carry them all. All right, we're going to carry them all. We, we were talking about in our, so every Tuesday is our manager's meeting, right? We get together with all of our managers, kind of our district managers, kind of top talent goes into one room and we talk. We were talking about how um, Weber grills now, I mean, it used to be you'd pay three ninety nine and get a pretty great Weber grill, right? Yeah. Twenty years ago, and now you can pay like seventeen hundred ninety nine dollars. Granted, the grills are unbelievable, right? Wow. But grills aren't three hundred bucks anymore, and and things are different, right? Probably the shipping to get it over here from wherever it's produced is probably four hundred dollars. Wow. You know, I mean, it's like it's unbelievable how much it costs, and and we're looking at these grills and we're like, what is the capacity? Like, what do people want to buy? And we were talking about all the add-ons that Fratelloni's has, like free delivery and free setup and free recycling of your old grill. This is not an ad for us, but those are things we that we do. And my goal was to try to get. Maybe Reavers, give me a little, give me some feedback on this. Okay, I'm listening. I yeah. think that, and we can't do this today, so don't don't come asking for it. But maybe write in and tell me what you think of this. If we were to say to somebody, "Hey, this grill that you're looking at, we're going to have it set up, delivered, and installed at your house within 24 hours, or you get blank for free," mm. right? Because I think there's a bunch of people like me that walk in and say, "That grill's seventeen hundred dollars. That's a lot." But then the guy says to me, it can be on your deck within 24 hours. Your old one's going to so be gone. So you're trying to take a page out of the old Domino's pizza delivery. Yes. Yeah, okay. 30 minutes or less. But you know, unlike our drivers probably won't drive around killing people because they're trying to get to someone's house for a pizza delivery. Not that Domino's had ever done that, but you know what I mean? That yeah. was why they stopped that. It was a little too quick. But I want to, I think that would be a, and we often are able to deliver within 24 hours, right? Some of our stores... Our biggest close is what, you know, and I say close as in to finish the sale, we'll turn to Chris Reavers and say, we'll follow you home with this, right? We'll just, like, you pay and we'll whip it into our truck and we follow you. So some of our delivery is 15 minutes later. I wonder, what about if you could add, because people, we're such rubes here. Mm -hmm. We love free stuff. Free stuff, yeah. What if you threw in um, accessories or if you threw in... Uh, don't because you guys sell all sort. Don't you guys sell marinades and all we sort- sell all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. A care a, a Fratellone's care package. Oh, that that would be good. A, a, a brand new pair of Weber tongs with your favorite marinade or whatever yep. or yep. whatever you're trying to get rid of. Well, no, also, that's, but, all but, the cool you know, stuff. Put yeah. it in a basket. Some of the spices because we carry all the spices. That would yeah. be yeah. You get a a Fratellone's. So one of the problems with that. I'm going to not, I know we're in a brainstorm session. <laughs> One of the problems with that is um, Weber's are sold at what's called minimum ad price. I've heard right? you mention that before. So you can like, if it's the $9.99 Weber, kind of everyone sells them at $9.99. And if you state that you do something different than everyone else, you can't advertise that. So no one knows that we really yeah. do that, right? Oh. So you can't you can't break map pricing by giving freebies. Like we would say, hey, you get $75 worth of steaks from XYZ company. Can't do that because that breaks map pricing. I so see. you have to kind of go into the store to find out how we would do something bigger and better. Interesting. And like the even the free delivery, 
is kind of questionable. They're like, hey, come on, that's kind of a value. Because free delivery, there is no such thing as free delivery. It costs us a fortune to deliver a girl to someone's house. Right. Right. I mean, you're, you're driving a box truck that gets a mile per gallon. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, you know, it's a really, it's a, it's an expensive thing. So, okay, well, we'll, we'll think about that, Reavers. I, I appreciate you letting me vent on a, you know, where 50,000 people are going to say, oh, Mike, why are you talking about the behind the scenes grill sale <laughs> stuff? No, but people like yeah, that. Yeah, we want to sell a lot of grills this year. All right. So I have a couple of stories for you. And they both involve travel. Love it. And they're kind of tied together since both of them involve planes. And unfortunately, both of them are sad stories to a certain extent. But I got to tell you, the reason I'm bringing them up on our show is because I have had nightmares involving these two different stories. And so I'm wondering what your reaction is going to be. The first comes to us. I believe this is from Connecticut, and I don't know if you heard the story. Uh, One person is dead after a private jet suffered severe turbulence that forced the plane to land in a Connecticut airport on Sunday. A Bombardier CL-30 jet departed Dillon Hopkins Airport in New Hampshire en route to Leesburg Executive Airport in Virginia. The FAA said in a statement to USA Today, during the flight, the plane encountered severe turbulence and diverted to Bradley International Airport in Connecticut around 4 p.m. local time. The NTSA board said three passengers and two crew members were on the jet and the turbulent turbulence resulted in fatal injuries to one of the passengers. Uh, the NTSB is leading an investigation into the incident. The aircraft is secured. Uh, they have removed the... Chi- okay, so here's the, the only reason I'm bringing this up. When the pilot comes on, you hear the... Mm-hmm. Yep. And says, hey, uh, folks, looks like we're going to experience some turbulence. I automatically get the elevator stomach. Sure. Because I hate turbulence on the flight. And I don't know who... Nobody, nobody enjoys it. Nope. I, I, no. That's not really going on on a limb. But I hate it for two reasons. Number one, because I know, okay, this is going to suck for about the next 15 However, minutes, or, or an hour, five hours, whatever, you, don't know, you never yeah. know. And that's the other, because you don't know how long it's sure. going to actually last. Yeah. And but neither does a the pilot. They can see nope. it coming ahead, but sure. they can give you a rough estimate, but they just don't know. But then you see the idiots on your flight that don't, ah, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Come so on, it's fine. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, that's what probably happened here was someone didn't buckle in. And unfortunately, they they lost their life as a result of Which it. Which is a hard way to go, right? You're sitting there in your seat one second thinking, I'm a private jet customer, right? You're feeling on top of the world. And that's why, if again, no one that owns a private jet is probably going, oh, boy, I'd really like to invite Chris Reavers on. Yeah. I don't think I would want to get on one. Really? I've ne- I've always had a fear of being on a small airplane. They are uh, Planes are really, really safe. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Did you know that? Sure. I mean, commercial airlines, like large-scale commercial airlines in the United States, there's almost zero fatalities ever. Sure. Right? I mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken, over the last two years, there's been zero deaths in a commercial, large-scale commercial, like Delta Airlines, zero deaths due to air plane crashing. Is that true? Two, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's some, it used to be one in every 800,000 passengers, then it went to one in every 18 million passengers, and now it's one in every 30 million. I mean, it's some crazy amount how safe it is. Because I guess for me, the the way that I'm seeing things develop with, um, with travel in this country, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're on a train in Ohio or, you know, we had, uh, we had the... Um, 
close calls. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're seeing that where the, the the footage of remember the footage of the FedEx flight mm. that was trying to land and, yeah. and a plane pulled she out just pulled right I'm out. Thinking, and, yeah. This is how many near misses are we that are we not aware of? That and are and that, well, actually, that's kind of the cool thing is they have to report those because if they report those near misses, then they're not held liable for them. Right. Yeah. So you have to report everything as a pilot, yes. like all of that, because if the moment you're if, they, if someone finds out about it later, then you could be held liable. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you report it, it's just an accident. Let's learn from it. But this this ties into the story. And I don't know if you were going to talk about this, but I find it really interesting. This Philip A. Washington, does that name ring a bell? He was the gentleman who ran the Denver airport and he is now Joe Biden's nominee for the administer of the the administration of the Federal Aviation Administration to okay. run the FAA. And so some of my Republican friends, right, in mm-hmm. the Senate mm-hmm. wanted to ask him some questions, right? And Philip just happens to be a, an Af- African American guy. He's highly qualified to run a full airport like Denver Airport's a huge airport, right? Highly qualified. But he's not a pilot. He doesn't know it. He's never flown a plane. He wasn't in the military. I mean, there's a lot of things that he just wasn't, or he wasn't in the, he, he didn't have anything to do with air travel in the military. I think he was in the military. So they were asking him some some basic kind of questions like, yeah. what do you do? What's the distance between two airplanes? And they, one of the Republican senators said, hey, and he, trying to be respectful to him, he said, what do you do at the Denver airport? And, and kind of tell me what you do. And he says, well, I'm involved with everything in the Denver airport. He goes, oh, you hire the pilots. He goes, well, no, not that. And he goes, oh, well, then you train the pilots. Well, no, no, we don't do that. Well, then you you set up the fuel logs for the pilots, for the planes to be fueled. Well, no, 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 I don't do any of that. Oh, so you hire the people who work at the restaurants. Yep. You know, and he started going through that. And then they were asking him even specific questions about how many restaurants are in the Denver airport. I think if I were running the Denver airport, I'd know whether we had 131 or 431. He's like, oh, hundreds. I'm like, oh man, you're not sounding very good. And, and, and people are kind of mad because I think I know, um, I, I think this guy is fully qualified to do a lot of things, right? He's, I mean, he's running a major airport. It is a very, Uh, we don't know that. Sorry. Well, I, I think he, he's probably a good executive, but to run the FAA, yep. you need to be one of those highly skilled dork guys that yep. says, no, the attack angle has to be 13.1 and a Boeing Max, you know. Or the maximum passenger capacity is... Yes, and you just have to know that stuff from right. the cuff. You can't just rely on other people you, to know that you stuff. You would think. Because we are having... I, I'm a big aviation industry geek. You are? You didn't know this. I, I did to, not know Almost this. my number one passion is aviation podcasts. Wait, I, I know, wait I know. A minute, wait it's a it's weird. Wait a minute. Yeah. What? Uh, I listen to um, Av Geeks, which is Aviation Geeks, right? Podcast. Okay. It's a perfectly done podcast. Um, I, I listen to about five different travel airplane industry podcasts. They were going over these near misses, and these near misses are unprecedented. They are. I mean, we were seventy five yards away from two planes, one carrying two hundred thirty one souls or something getting obliterated that was unbelievable and they're like this is weird we haven't had anything like this in a long time well, and, and that's i guess where i was going with that because mm-hmm. i don't know if i should be immensely terrified or should be wow they're that good well they're that good but i think you got to blame pete Buttigieg because isn't he kind of the sure. head of the department of transportation Why not? Let's i mean blame any him. any plane that goes down he's the secretary of transportation it would be his fault just like these train rollments i'm sure well, he was putting quarters there on the was tracks. Uh, I, I don't I can't remember if Joe, I don't think he did this email on the air, but essentially, and it was one of those where he wanted to, but he couldn't verify if the person that sent in the email knew what he was talking about. No, not even, but it, but it's, it sounded great, but someone that had retired from the industry 
and their obser- it was their observation of what went wrong in Ohio. Does oh, that make sense? Got it. Yep. So basically, this person had said, and it, all all of what this emailer said made a ton of sense. Basically, saying the railroad industry is not unlike basically every other industry in this country, where they're trying to save a buck here and there and trying to make as much money as they can. Yeah. So what's what's happening is that a lot of these uh, the these uh, trains are taking instead of let's I'm just throwing numbers out but let's just say 5 to 10 years ago they had 150 cars per per uh, load. Yep, yep. Now they're doing 200. Sure. So they're they're just they're too heavy. Okay. And that was part of what happened in East Palestine is that this train was just way too large for that particular load. I don't even sure. know if loads the right word. But then I go, well, that makes a ton of sense. It does. Actually. I mean, if, if fuel costs and, you know, hey, we can throw on a couple more train cars, right. maybe kick off the caboose. Right. Who never, what do you need the caboose for? What does it matter if there's a guy in the end Did or I not? tell you my train story growing up? I don't know. Do you have a good one? I have a couple. Okay, but go for but, it. Well, when I, so before my parents moved to the, the, the country, mm-hmm. to outside of the city limits of Faribault, the house that I was born in and grew up in had a, had a set of train tracks in our backyard. Okay. Okay. So, you know, it had a regular yard, but sure. we had, you know, a little hill and then there yeah, was train, train tracks. tracks yeah. and, and I'm sure your dad was like, go play on the tracks. Well, it, it was one of those deals where I think one train might have went by a week. Okay. You know, it wasn't a very busy set of tracks, but there was a train tracks there. And one time it was me and a bunch of the neighbor kids and a train had went by and it stopped uh, because there was a cross route, maybe okay. six blocks away, whatever it was. And it, it's, it had been there for a while. It was this, I remember it was summer. We were playing in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And we were bored. And I said, let's go climb the caboose. Of course you would. And so we ran down there, and everyone was terrified to do it. Right? Okay. And so I said, well, I'm going to do it. You I'm know, There's up. probably eight of us. So I climbed up the back of the caboose, and then you hear the... Really? Everybody goes, oh, my God, this is going to get, get out of here. And I went, I'll just sit out for a minute. And I felt the it it had the I don't even know what what you would call it but it had the jerk the first of little jog of it going making yeah. you know I'm sure they were locking up something sure you know and that spooked the living hell out of me oh. and I that's I could have competed with Carl Lewis in the long jump <laughs> okay. that's how far I leapt off of this caboose. oh that's fun and because you you just felt that thinking okay I'm gonna end up in South America if I don't get off this so thing right now when you were older and you started dating did you say I I rolled the rails for a while I mean just like letting <laughs> I'm people a man know. Of the rails. yeah I mean I did I did a lot of things I've been uh, as you were telling that delightful story which it was delightful thank you I looked up some aviation uh, safety statistics yeah and it says accidents are rare right there's so rare that um, there were five five fatal accidents among 32.2 million flights. Give me that and again. So there were five fatal accidents, right? So five, five total accidents okay. that created fatalities. And I don't know how many fatalities there were. You know, hypothetically, that could have been a, a boatload of people in those. In 32.2 million flights in 2022. Wow. That tells you that flying That's is, just U.S. domestically. No, I think that was the worldwide because I don't think we had any domestic air uh, deaths in the United States Wait, in there- 2022. But the Boeing Max was not in the United States, and that was an entire plane of people that went down, right? And But that wasn't in the U.S. Five doesn't sound like... That doesn't sound right. You, this is just major airlines. This isn't small jets, right? But don't we get one in, you know, Singapore a, a yeah, month? But that, that, yeah, well, no, 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 not, not a month. Not even close. I mean, airline travel is so safe. People say that if they were... If you were to... 
take care of your car the same way under the same specs that you have to take care of an airplane, you would buy one car in your entire life because it would never be done. It would never finish. Everything would be replaced. The engine would be new. Huh. I mean, they just don't let it, you know, they, you can't, can't make an error on these things. People, you know, well, car every, manufacturers wouldn't go for that. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't. <laughs> so they, they were saying that not only is it safe, but it's safer than almost any other thing you do, including crossing the street. Huh. You have a much better chance of dying crossing the street than you do in an airplane accident. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually, when you look at the stats, it is unbelievably safe, right? I mean, that's, I don't know. That seems pretty darn good to me. I feel kind of comfortable with this. All right. Well, that's, now, that's now, good. Now I'm jinxing myself. I just, I'm, I'm still kind of boggled that you, you, you actually listen to aviation podcasts. Yeah, a, a lot of them. They're so relaxing, right? They talk about with this one guy, and, and he is really good. His name is Max West, and he he's a, a certified pilot instructor, and he teaches people how to fly Cirrus airplanes, mm-hmm. right? And Cirrus is a Minnesota company, and so I pay more attention to that. And he'll tell some stories, and he'll go over these accidents that happen in small jets. And the way he describes, like, you can see everything that happens. And sadly, he'll have buddies that pass away oh. in crashes, and he'll talk about their crash in the most matter-of-fact, scientific way of, and it's not ghoulish, right? He's not talking about the ending of the crash. He's talking about what happened to lead up to it, the mistakes that were made. And you're like, huh, how incredibly See, interesting. I couldn't listen to that because then I would just sit there and be paranoid that everything wrong, even though the, the chances, the percent chance is so minute, but that's all I would think yeah, about. Yeah, so minute. But he, he tells the story that he's teaching someone how to fly a Cirrus aircraft, right? Yep. So he's in the passenger seat, which is the you know the co-pilot seat, and the other guy's in the driver's seat, the, the main pilot seat. And they take off, and his seat wasn't locked into place. So when the plane started to pitch up, his seat slid back, and he pulled back on the yoke, thus lifting the nose of the aircraft too hard. And to get to a stall point, and if he wouldn't have been locked in and uh, in taking control, if he wouldn't have been able to take control, that plane would have like pitched straight up into the air huh. because the guy's seat went, you know, just that ratchety wow. noise that a seat makes just sit, slid back. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Of all the things you have to think of. And then you also have to think, okay, is my seat locked into place here? You got to shake your butt back and forth to make sure your seat's locked into place. All right. Well, then that transitions perfectly into the next story, because did you see the viral video? Of a flight from Los Angeles to Boston. No. In which there is video of a gentleman, I'm not going to call him a gentleman, mm. a scumbag by the name of Francisco Liriano. Severo uh-huh. Torres, who stabbed a flight attendant three times in the neck and attempted to open the plane's emergency door, also attempting to get into the cockpit. Are you kidding me? You have not seen this video. And not only have I not seen it, I haven't even heard of the story. When so was this? This... this I just saw this pop up today. I don't know. Okay. I believe this is fairly recent. That gonna, is that is that down. brutal. Um, but the only reason I, I bring this up is because when you watch the video, first of all, picture being on a on a plane, yeah. and I don't care what anybody says, we're all working the room. All of us do. When you're walking, you're looking your around, seat, yeah. you're checking who's on the flight, you're trying to get a sense. But I've been on a couple of flights where people have gotten a little bit unruly, right? Sure. And that's when I, I just think, just stop talking. Just go night-night. Okay, you've had way too much yeah, whiskey. You need to relax. It's time so. for you to chill and just go to bed, right? But this guy is just shouting, 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 and they're in flight. But what's the only, I guess, 
the part that I, I found intriguing is the fact that so many guys ran to this scumbag sure. to stop him, yeah. which restored my faith in humanity a little bit. Because we always picture ourselves, how would we handle that situation? At least I do. You'd hope that there's enough people. Usually when there's a lot of people, we don't do anything. But if there's just one person, you kind of have to. Well, I'm telling you yeah. right now, if I'm on that flight, you're, you're going after I'm going him. after yeah. him. You're not, you're, not, you're not disrupting my flight, especially if it's... Me and my family. You know what he, I'm saying? He stabbed them with a. He stabbed this flight attendant with a spoon. Right. Right. So you know what's going to happen now? Spoons are going to be banned. Spoons are going to be banned because yep. the spoon was the active agent. Right. Which is, I mean, that is a big deal. Thirty-three-year-old guy. Did it say? Did he just lose his mind? Was he? Don't know. Uh, okay. But you know, well, thankfully, this didn't happen in Minneapolis because he just spent at least five minutes in jail. And before the Freedom Fund would have let him out, right? right? Anyway. Um, that is a scary little. I, I'm Very. looking. I'm not watching the video right now, but I'm seeing this. This guy. It's like, what are you doing? And there's there's people sitting in his row. Maybe he. You know what it was. He booked an aisle seat and got a middle seat. No. He's like, I'm not going to accept this. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, see, that's funny that you say that, Reavers, because when, when you say that you get on the plane, you kind of eyeball everybody, oh, right? Oh, I do, every time. See, well, when you sit in first class, Reavers, you just you don't even bother looking at anybody. <laughs> well, well, see, when you're me okay. and you're at the back of the okay. plane next yes. to the toilets, you yeah. get to look at everybody. Yeah, that's uh, I, I did... Um, I had this great story, and I'll share it with you, right? So we were, I might have told the story on air before, but I, I don't think I did. So we were flying down to Florida, me and my kids, and we were like second to the last aisle on this plane. I mean, my girls looked at me like, how far back do we have to go, right? <laughs> and, and you know, we were on a Delta flight, and we were just lucky to go down to Florida. So we're on there. And I have, my kids are little at this time, probably seven and nine. And my seven-year-old wants one of those boxes that they get. And I, I'm forgetting the, they're like the, oh, it's got the crackers. And the, yeah. yeah, yeah right. You have to pay for it. Right. And right. she knew the name of the box. I'm forgetting it at the moment. She's like, I really want the quest box or whatever it is. Right. And we get there and we get all the way to the back of the plane and this flight attendant says, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. We only had 10 of them for this flight right. and we're out. And my little daughter takes her arm and weighs in there. I mean, she goes, you mean 10 for this entire flight. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, my kid's just given this flight attendant a really hard time. So oh no. this flight attendant is 65 years old, right? She is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Just a stunning flight I almost attendant. said something so inappropriate, Okay, I'm well, glad I caught myself. She is just stunning. So finally, we get the right box for my daughter. This flight attendant finds another one, comes back, gives it to my daughter. My daughter's like, super happy but of course won't say anything to the flight attendant right, doesn't say right. thank you dear you know right. she she does this i give this uh, woman my credit card and she pays and she goes oh are, are you from fratelloni's hardware and garden stores and i said yeah right and she goes my ex-husband works for you and i said who and she tells me who it is and this guy is a solid four i mean a solid four right <laughs> i mean i get it i'm a solid six and a quarter but this guy's a solid four and i said i don't mean to 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 make you feel bad but, you know, this this guy that your ex-husband, how did that ever work? And she said, he was a musician. And I said, oh, I knew there, I knew there had to be something. And then at that point on, I said, if I ever have boys, I'm going to make them learn how to play the guitar. Hmm. Because that is like instantaneous. You can be Mick Jagger and still get gals, right? So that's what I learned from that whole story. That was a good story, wasn't it? Um, well, the way you laid that out, it was almost like my wife was working, and you. She was asked to describe me. Oh yes. <laughs> how how did uh, how? how did that happen? Like how? What are you? Were you blinded? Did so, they invent? Uh, well, uh, oddly enough, we, we plan on doing a a spring break 
trip. Oh, you coming do? up here in a couple okay. weeks, and we're going to do a little bit of uh, spring training baseball. Oh, down in beautiful Fort Myers. We are pineapple and, league. And uh, the last time I went, it was just the bride and I, and uh, to Fort Myers, and the point where we were at the Orioles. And I forget who they're playing up in beautiful Sarasota, Florida. Oh, yeah. Their, and their ballpark is great. It's yeah. a if you're a baseball fan, the Orioles Spring Training Facility is a must. Okay. It's great. To the point where we were there on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, and I just struck up a conversation with some gentleman, and Jess just said, I just want to walk around the ballpark and be in the sunshine. Yeah. She said, you sit here, you have a beer, I don't care, we're sure. good. To the point where when Jess finally rejoined me, I was talking to this guy, and he had said, oh, are you, are you with one of the ball players?" And I went, no, no that's, that's that's my wife. Yes. And, yeah. Oh, that's a compliment, though. To right? her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And to you. you she's your wife, right? <laughs> right? That's that's kind of a nice thing. And he wasn't kidding. This was yeah. a guy that was probably in his 60s or, you know. Oh. I'm thinking, oh, what? That's no, kind of no, a sweet she, mistake, though. She's actually with me. But. Well, maybe he <laughs> saw your wife just like trying to throw her underpants towards Joe Mauer in the dugout, maybe, and she was, he was like, maybe he's, she, Joe knows her. Maybe. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, so could maybe be. just, when she did could the walk, be. she was down there like, I love baseball players. <laughs> no, she just likes being in the sun, and she really, well, I've, I've gone down that road I told my times. kids uh, this year, they said, where are we going to go for spring break? And I said, I don't know, but I don't. St. Paul. St. Paul, <laughs> I, I don't think you're invited this year. I think I'm going to do a spring break without them. <laughs> I think I really am. I bought a vacation from Rookie Sisters. Oh, yeah. Right? First of all, they know exactly what they're doing. They I'm for, do. I'm no, forgetting the name are, of their company. They are legit. Yeah. They're Escape with us vacations. Escape with us vacations. And I bought this thing down in the Dominican, and we're going to go down to the Dominican. Cool. And I'm a cigar guy, and they make a lot of cigars into the Dominican. So I'm really excited for it. Problem is, I can't figure out a time to go. Right? I, I, it's sure. like really hard to do. And. I looked at spring break and I said, that seems kind of like a perfect week, right? It's before we get busy. But then my kids are looking at me like, what am I? And I said, yeah, what are you? You're going to be white, like pale white till summer hits. And I have long always said that that's one of the worst weeks to travel is spring break because everyone travels in, but also everything is six times as much as it would be if you were to go just a couple weeks earlier or a couple weeks later. The problem is, as you know, you only get so many days when the kiddos aren't in, aren't in class. Yep. It's either you either wait till summer or you got to do it over Christmas or whatever. And that's a nightmare. Well, too. this spring break, I don't know when your kids is. We're the last week of, of March. Okay, that's so good. Like we're weeks. in the first two weeks or first week and a half in April, Ooh. ending on Easter. I'm like, oh, that's a late spring break. Yeah, that like, is. who wants to? I you want, I like April's because we'll get a 58 degree day. Right here in Minnesota, you're like, oh my God, it, it, this is we're turning back on. Like yeah. life is starting again. And if we miss that, like nothing's worse than Completely being down in Florida agree. and it's 61 degrees and it's 64 in Minnesota. Right. And it's 64 in Minnesota, I'm swimming. Like I'm breaking the ice out of the pool. <laughs> we're right? all in shorts. Yeah, I mean we're shorts. I mean I, I'm going shirtless down to well, the Mall of America. Not, the first time that we traveled with our kids on spring break mm-hmm. was this would have been the spring of 21. 2021, and I, you'll remember this is when we're just handing out checks, COVID checks. Yeah, to everybody. everybody's getting checks. You got a pulse, you're getting yeah, a check. Yeah. And I'll never forget the place that we visited was this great hotel with accommodations by SeaWorld in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And we looked around, and went everyone got their COVID check. Yeah, everyone's going to SeaWorld, yeah. and it was bleh, we we oh. were ready to come home. Oh really? Oh yeah, we okay. were ready to come home, and yeah. it was you know, great. You you do you do you, but it was just. It's traveling on spring breaks. The, the, the problem is going to Florida, 
right? We we go to Florida because that's where I have spots to stay for free, yeah. right? It makes for cheap vacation. The problem is there's nothing to do for kids in Florida, right? What are they going to do? Unless you go spend to, and we're a not fortune going to Disneyland. Disney World, yeah, we're not yeah, doing right, that. We're, right. we're in Bonita Springs or Fort Myers, right? So we can go to the beach, which I can't sit on the beach. That ain't happening. Right. I can't, like, I couldn't sit on the beach for five minutes. Yeah. In fact, I, my wife looks at me and like, why did you even come? Just go. There's a, there's a really great store that I love. It's a bait shop called Master Bait and Tackle. No, that's made up. No, it is 100% true. Wow. It's Bonita Springs, Master Bait, B-A-I-T, and Tackle. Mm. Really kitschy, super fun. So I always bring the kids. You just like to go there and hang out, huh? I, I go there, buy a shirt every time, right? Because I don't buy fish stuff because I'm not a fisherman. But the, on the side of their building, they have this Master Bait and Tackle logo on the side of the building. So I'll take my children and put them in front of it and take a picture and they have no clue that I'm making this kind of double entendre sick joke with my kids smiling with their new masturbate and tackle sweatshirts. Huh. Right. I mean, it's kind of a, it's That's... a, it's a fun play on words. <laughs> and I swear to God, and I guarantee place... they probably make more in merchandise sales online. 100%. Than they do in their actual they store. 100%. And that you want to buy just an FYI, you want to buy the stuff online because if you don't, you get it and it reeks. Reeks like, like fish. minnows. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. The place I'll go in there and I have to swallow a few times. So I'll I'll walk up to that place and just and just spend some time there and then go back and then the kids are laying there. They're all burnt, obviously developing skin cancers, all that right. stuff because I'm forgetting to put the the cream on them. We really I'm a good uh, we covered a lot of topics, didn't we, Mike? Yeah, Reavers, you're the best. Thank you, Michael. Please do us a favor, rate and review the show wherever you happen to be listening to the weekly scramble. We would appreciate it. His name is Mike Fredoloni. My name is Chris Reavers. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers.